Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. This last semester, do you guys remember the, the night when we talked about uh, man, we did a relationship series for like two months, right? That was a long one. Then we did the man night and then the woman night thing, and all everyone's crying and there's snot everywhere and it was beautiful, right? Got healed of stuff from like years ago, right? It was awesome. It was awesome, right? And then we talked about leading up to the cross. Then we talked about Jesus. We did like a whole series on just Jesus himself, and right, right? That's the most important thing. That's why we're here, right? And then we talked about living a new life. What does it mean? Not just Jesus didn't die just so that we could go to heaven. That wasn't it but so that we could live a new life now, right? That our, our sin nature died with him on the cross and we were resurrected with him. We were given a new life in Jesus. So what does that mean? And we talked about that and we walked through that. So it's been an awesome semester. I wanna encourage you guys, go back, listen on the Crux cast. Uh, it's free, yes, it is. And uh, listen to the different series or things you like get if you missed one, okay? But tonight what we wanna do is kind of our last normal one. Next week we're gonna do kind of a party, hang out, send off, goodbye, kind of a thing for the summer, okay, and kick off the summer. But tonight, what we wanted to do was something we call Real Talk, right? We did this back in the relationship series, and it was awesome. And But what we wanted to do is we said, hey, we covered a lot of stuff this semester, and we wanted to give you guys an opportunity just to ask any questions you want, right? And so you can go, and I, we're going to pass out. You can actually start passing them out now. Uh, these little papers, you can ask the Crux team any question, and you're going to get to hear from your Crux leaders uh, different answers, okay? And so you can ask questions about living a new life and the spiritual gifts, and what does that mean, all right? You can ask questions about relationship stuff that we went through, or you wanted to cover more. You can ask questions about whatever, you name it, right? And we'll try to get through as many as we can, um, but we'll just kind of see how it goes, okay? And so go ahead, write it up, and then we're going to pass them in the buckets, and if you you get a new idea for a new question while we're while we are answering them you're totally free to write another one and send it on up that's totally okay yep Awesome. So what we're going to do, though, just for time, I love our Crux team, but we have a pretty big, we have a pretty decent-sized team this semester, right? And what I noticed last time we did Real Talk is our team is all just ready to go for it, right? So we, we didn't get through many questions because we had like eight or nine or ten people up here. So what we're going to do is we're going to divide it up so you can hear more from each team member, all right? So we're going to pull up four of them, okay? And then we'll switch halfway through, and then another four can come up. That way you can hear a little deeper, not just one 30-second clip from someone, and then you don't hear from again the rest of the night. All right, we want you to hear from the different leaders, okay? Does that sound cool? And Crux team, surprise, you just found out. That's what we're doing. So, <laughs> surprise, right? So what we're going to do, can I have, let's see. So Dominic is going to be up here, and he's going to help me facilitate it because he's one of the best MCs ever, right, if you know him, right? So Dominic will be up here with me facilitating the questions, asking our team. But let's just get four, four of our team. Just first four, first four, come on down. There you go, there it is, there it is. Here we go. Not me, I'm not included in that. One, two, three, four, there you go, perfect. And then Lizzie, or Lizzie and Patrick and Hillary, and where's our other, and Diana, and Yar, where's Yar? Yar, you guys can come up on the next round, okay? Sound good? All right, you guys send it up, send up your questions, send them on up. 
Dominic is collecting them. While they're doing that, though, I'm going to introduce our first four leaders here with us tonight. First over here is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. David Knox. David Knox. You all know him. You love him. He's one of our main preachers here often. He's an incredible man of God. David, what is your, throw out some random thing, favorite ice cream? I heard ice cream. What's your favorite ice cream? Oreo cookies and cream. Good one. Good one. The only one better than that is cookie dough. So close. So close. All right. Here we go. And this man right here is the man himself. My roommate, actually. Here he is. Here he is. Joel Pedeswick. Joel Pedeswick. Joel Pedeswick. What is your favorite? What's your favorite? Let's go off. There it is. Your favorite shampoo was the first one I heard. Favorite shampoo. I like suave because it's cheap and it smells good. Is that? Um, yeah. Is that what we have? I'm pretty sure that's what, uh, that's what we have. All right. I don't know. I just use whatever's in there. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. Over here, we have one of my bestest friends in the whole wide world, Mrs. Emily Groves. I said your name. I didn't introduce it. My bad. My bad. What was your maiden name? Walters. There you go. I kind of have it. But now it's Groves because she married Dominic, right? And Emily, what is your favorite? Crux leader. Crux leader. Besides me, of course. I... You don't have to say Dominic. Besides Dominic. Because we all know you're gonna we all know your first answer is your husband. <laughs> no, no. Alright. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. That's too bad. Alright, favorite what? Star Wars character. Leia of Princess Leia. Princess Leia. Classic, classic. All right, and finally over here, we have Miss <laughs> Brianna Matson. Brianna Matson. All right, Brianna, what is your favorite? Throw something out. A clouded leopard. Clouded leopard. Fancy. Okay, very nice, very nice. All right, here we go. All right, so do we have a question? Did they all submit questions up? You, some of you are still working on them. That's okay. Keep working on them. Dominic, can we get the first question, though? Nope. Nope. All right. All right, here we go. What is, what is the best way to encourage your partner out of an unhealthy habit, doubt, fear, etc.? So I would say for partner, you can do relationship. You can even do a friend. You can do whatever. Just someone out of an unhealthy habit. Either maybe you're married to them. Maybe you're dating them. Maybe you're, they're just a friend of yours, but just someone in your life. I'm going to expand it a little bit. How do you encourage them out of unhealthy habits in their life? Fear, doubt, I don't know, anything. Lots of stuff. What's up? Yeah, go for it. Real simply, tell them with love. Come from love. Always coming from a place of love. And let them know. I would say let them know that you're genuinely, care, you're genuinely, genuinely concerned and you genuinely care about them. Um, I wouldn't at all worry about you coming off as this disciplinarian or this bad guy or anything like that. Because if you genuinely care and love them in your heart and you're expressing that, then that's all that matters. And they'll pick up on that and they'll get that. So in a nutshell, yeah, I would do that to the best of your ability. And whether it is a, a, a partner or someone you're in a relationship with or, um, or a friend, just like, hey, man, I see what you're doing. And, or, you know, what you're doing, man, I, I got to be honest, is gonna, it's not going to turn out well. And just be honest. Be straightforward. Don't sugarcoat it. Be straightforward. Let them know. Because if it's really hurting and killing them, then they need to know that. 
but come from a place of love so that they understand the truth. Truth and love. That's, that's what those two, you've got to have those two when you explain things like that and deal with things like that. Tell the truth. Don't sugarcoat it. But come from a place of brotherly, sisterly love. And um, just let them know you love them. That's why you're telling them to stop. Very good. Does anyone else have anything? We can already move on to the next question if you guys are good. You guys are good? Okay, cool. All righty. Here we go. Here is a dating one. Because uh, the minute I said we went through, <laughs> that's the answer, DTR. No, right? It's just the answer. It's always DTR. I have a DTR. It's very clear this is what's going on, right? Define the relationship, right? All right. No, so what is the best way to date in a friend community? What is the best way to date in a friend community? So my, I'm going to guess, like, like here, Crux. There's a bunch of friends hanging out, but you're totally in friend zone, and you're friend community, and you need to get out of that. Or how do you do it when there's friends, and how do you do it in a way where there's... I have no idea. I'm just trying to clarify it more. So just any thoughts on expanding that? Uh, okay, so I think I'm going to answer it in two ways. One is if you are spending a ton of time with them and you like them and you want to date them, but you haven't said anything yet, like don't continue to like pine in agony. Like find a good time to sit down, have a cup of coffee and say, hey, I think I have like I think I'm interested in pursuing you. Like if you're the man, man up. Say I'm interested in pursuing you. I'd like to pursue a relationship. Take her on a date. Good job. Yep. So Dominic did too. Um, and then in regards to, like, how do you date when you're all friends and you're in a group of friends? And, like, how do you work out that dynamic? Um, I just think that it's important that you have a really honest conversation when you start dating. So that you're like, hey, this is, this is the ground rules. Like, these are our boundary lines. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're not going to do. Um, we're going to do our best to, like, remain cordial, respect each other. And if we come to a place where we don't think this is going to continue towards marriage, we're going to end it so that we don't, like, drag this on unnecessarily and end in heartbreak. Um, I think another thing that's really important is, especially when you date in a large community and everybody wants to be in your business, um, I would say keep it private in the beginning, except for your close friends. You don't, don't not tell anybody because you need to have accountability and support, but you tell your close friends um, and get their feedback, get their opinion, get their blessing. And then once you have seen kind of how it works and if it's something that's going to be more serious or longer term, then you can expand. But, um, yeah, that was a long answer, but that was, yeah. You're married, so it worked for you, right? So <laughs> just saying, saying. No, so I think it's good, super good. And I love it. And I remember uh, when they, when they, those two started dating, uh, it, it was good that they kind of, they said, hey, let's just enjoy dating, getting to know each other without, like, because sometimes in a small community, you go on one date and everyone's like, oh. You know, oh, it's the wedding, right? And so, yeah, so it's like, it's okay. It's okay to like be normal, go on a couple dates, let a couple friends know you don't need to totally announce it, right? You know, and just take it normal like that. You know, I think that's trying to don't like way, because sometimes in a church culture, we can way over spiritualize it to like you went on one coffee date, you know, are they the one yet? And it's like, whoa, whoa, slow, chill out, you know, and but be accountable. I like how you said that as well, though. Super good. All right, Dominic, you have a question for us? Sure do. All right. I like this one. This is cool. This is something I grappled with when I was a younger adult. It says, if God has a specific calling for me, should I only focus on that calling, or do I also focus on my own calling I found? Um, I don't want to blow up this microphone, but um, I think that it's really important to realize that through every season of your life, God is truly shaping what's going on in you. 
and that really, and where your destiny is taking you, right? And so you might be like literally Joseph, you know, in the Bible, where you're like, you know what, this is my dream, and I'm going to get there. And then you find yourself in prison. And some of you might think that that was just a long way detour to Joseph's destiny, but I really believe that Scripture paints a picture that that was the best way for Joseph to get to his destiny. It says that when he was in the prison, he found favor with the guards. And we just read that real quickly. But what does that mean? That means that they promoted him to a place of leadership in the prison. Is there anything that you can even lead when these people are in prison? There's only two things you get. You get to shepherd these people and you get to manage and ration their food. What is the very thing that he did when he ruled over all of Egypt in a land of a famine? Famine. He inspired and shepherded the people and he actually divvied out the food. And so he had already done that on a small scale before he did it for an entire nation. And he wow. was faithful in that time when he was in prison, even though it wasn't his fault. And he learned the skills That's he needed amazing. to reach his calling. But when that dude's in prison, you're not like, God has me in prison for my destiny, right? It probably wasn't like that. But God really did. He had a way to even take what man meant for evil and turn it around for good. That needs to be a message. I've never heard that. The whole oh, Joseph used the two same things that he. Shout out to Whoa. Dominic Groves okay. and Denny's. Wow. All right. Wow. I need to hear this sermon. That was good. All right. Anyone else? You want to sit on that? Yeah. Here, go with this mic. Right okay. So I think the other tagline I would just add is that, like, if you feel like what you want in your, for your life doesn't align with what God has, you need to pray about it because there's something, because God wants. God, like we want our heart to match the Lord. And so it's something you need to take to the Lord and say, okay, this is what I feel like is happening, but this is, I think what I want. Like, where can we get in the same picture, same page and really ask him like, and like, Hey, how does this apply? And you might not have an answer, like exactly how it works for your big picture. Um, but I think pursuing God, why those things are different is really important to get to the root of why that is. And I think very briefly on that, I would also just add the seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of this will be added unto you. I would say if you're in a situation where you feel like this is what I feel like God wants for my life and this is what I feel like I want for my life, if you see it like that kind of dichotomy, go for the Lord. <laughs> that has a way of kind of working things out, right? I don't think the Lord could say stuff like seek me first. And also say, I give you the desires of your heart, <laughs> you know? Trust him. Trust where he's leading. Don't assume you have all the steps figured out. If you feel like he's doing this and your mentorship's like, yeah, that's, that's the, where he's throwing the ball, run to that. <laughs> I think you'll be surprised how often that'll lead you into the place that you feel um, called to in the end. <laughs> so if you see that two, those two things, follow that road. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's good. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going <laughs> to add into, I've, I've literally seen people do this with their future spouse, of like, what if I feel like God's, or like, what what if God tells me to marry someone, but I'm like, they're totally ugly and I'm not attracted to them, you know? Or like, what if they're like the wrong, per like, I wouldn't choose them, but I literally, like, guys, I've been doing youth and young adults for a long time. I've heard these questions. And I'm like, God's not going to like, you're, oh, come on. Like, if, 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 he, if, he, if he designed this person for you from before time began, like, he's not going to, you're not going to be like, oh, man, Lord. That's the calling for, oh, uh, right? It's like, come on, man. Like, no, God, the one God picked for you is the best possible one for you, and you will be more attracted to them, right, in this marriage, in this relationship than anything else, right? So, like, don't worry about that. Like, just go after who you feel like God's leading you towards. Like, I don't know. I just see that. I've actually seen that a lot, right? So just to throw that out there. It's not just calling. Sometimes it's who you're called to as well, right? So, okay, here we go. I like this question. Okay, this one's funny because we just, we believe in ministering to people and evangelism. But this is a great question. How, how do I know if I got a word for someone in public setting and not 
wait, not make giving that word incredibly awkward for both of us. So basically, if you get a word for someone and it's in the public, total stranger, like, how do I not make this incredibly awkward for the two of us? But I want to be faithful to the word God gave me for this stranger. What do I do? Super easy, three words, shock and awe. <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Just rip the band-aid. Just go, this is going to be awkward for I'm both kidding. of us. And then just shove it. No, no, but seriously, what do you do? What do you guys think? Um, I think just having a conversation with somebody, it's like, hi, how are you? And maybe you like their shirt. You can start off with that, making it not so awkward. Like you're just talking to a normal person. You're not like... <laughs> trying to steal something from them and just following through like a normal conversation say hey you know I believe in God and I feel like he was telling me something about you um do you mind if I share it with you and they may go no and walk away but they might also say yes and it opens a door for both of you to know exactly what's going on and you can share the word with them and sometimes that also goes with hey like is your arm hurting right now like I really I feel like God's saying like your arm's hurting right here wow how'd you know that? Or no, not, not at all. And it's totally okay to fail. Totally okay not to get it right. Like, hey, can I pray for you anyways? <laughs> it's going to be way more weird if you make it weird. Do not, do not stalk people. I see this all the time. I've done this. If you hesitate and you're like, I want to talk to them, but I don't want to and I'm nervous, you are following this person around the shopping mall. So do not hesitate. Don't just keep following them around where you work up the courage. Just go for it and go home, dude, because it's going to get more weird if you if you make it weird. So you just got to go for it. You got to be bold. You got to know it is going to be weird, but God's going to bail you out, you know? I've had so many times where I walk up to somebody, they're like, legit in a wheelchair and it's like hey um is something wrong with your knees and they're like no and I'm like is anything wrong with your legs and they're like no and I'm like okay can I pray for you and they're like no and I'm like can I bless you and they're like okay sweet you know but just don't give up don't give up just keep asking them keep pressing through and just believe that God can do something supernatural you know it takes about nine times for it to be successful when people receive a hearing of the gospel I said that in the most roundabout way it generally takes nine times where they hear the gospel or have an experience with a Christian for them to accept it so you might be person number seven but don't you dare not water that seed come on so good so good such good practical way. Like, don't don't stalk them through the store. Like, we've all done that. We've all done that. And then and then you got like three of you stalking them, and one, and then all three either approach, and it's it's super. Also, don't approach with like four people. Like, we have a word for you. You know, like it just traps them. You know, like one, maybe two, and then the rest pray, but like out of eyesight, not like five feet away where they can hear you. And it's who's. The, who's the cult behind you over there, right? Like, like, no, come on, like, be normal, right? So have two people go up, the rest just pray for them somewhere else. It's okay, you know, or go pray for someone else, you know? Also, just own it. I love it. Own it. I walked up and I was have like, confidence. Mike? And he's like, no. John? No. Hi, my name's Taylor. Who, what's your name? You know, <laughs> right? And, and I just got it wrong. And, and, and then I just shook it off and I didn't say, oh, I thought I heard a prophetic word that your name is Mike. I said, I'm sorry, you looked like a Mike. My bad. My name's Taylor. And then I ended up getting to pray for them, and he didn't even remember the awkwardness, right? And so just, it's okay. Just recover, and just, and I own it. And I'll say something, and if it say, that didn't make any sense at all, I say, that's fine. I'm just practicing hearing God. Anyway, can I pray for you for anything, or can I bless you for anything? I just want you to know God loves you. Just make it normal, and have a normal conversation with them, and bless them, and it's good. 
Yeah. Because it is normal to pray for people. Yeah, it totally is. It totally is. Doesn't have to be scary. Just make it make it make it normal. All right. Here we go. We're gonna do one more question for these guys and then we're gonna shift the team, okay? Any specific one? That one? Go for it. I really like this one. What is the best way to hear God when you're studying, when you're at school, uh, when you're just in quiet moments, or like when you need to go? <laughs> when our life's so busy, what's the best way to kind of hear God in the midst of everything? Like taking a moment to be quiet and taking a moment to actually like, Emily told us this one time, she'd like call it love breaks. And like, if you need to excuse yourself from something, you can go to the bathroom and just take a moment okay, God, what are you saying right now? I already need to hear your voice. And you can sit there or take a moment and just say, God, what are, you, what are you saying? And actually, like, really listen. And sometimes it is the first thing you hear. Sometimes it is the second or third thought. But most of the time, it's that first instinct that you have inside. It's like, oh, okay. And you have the thing that follow the peace, especially in circumstances with God. You always follow the peace. Yeah, that's good. I think another thing I'd add, too, is just, like, just – just like in like, I think we can all multi, most, most people, we can all mostly multitask in our brains where if you're, you can like be reading or something and you can have like a thought happening in the back. And I just think like, keep the Lord in your thoughts. Like just kind of keep like a dialogue going with him all the time and just thinking like, oh, what should I do about this? What should I do about that? And just kind of have it this ongoing thing and just you'll learn to see and feel the responses. And like Bree said, following the peace is huge. If you have all these different options, go where the peace is because that's where God is. Can I add a little something? Yeah. Um, what the Bible says is going to be universal, so this is going to apply to humanity, anybody. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That's the key. If Just the mere acknowledgement of wherever you are, acknowledging him. Okay, Lord, you're, you're here. I'm acknowledging you, and he will direct your paths. You do this, this is the result. Cause, effect. Acknowledge him. You'll hear from God. He'll direct you. And then it's going to be, It's and then... Kind of from my own experience, it's different for everyone. I hear God most clearly when I'm like on a mountaintop, all alone, out in nature, looking at the sky. I can hear him really clearly there. It's going to be different for everyone, but acknowledging him and then just and then asking him to reveal it to you. God, make your voice clear to me. Good. All right, we need to transition. So uh, give it up for these four here. Way to go. Way to go. Can we get the rest of the crux team to come on up here? There's maybe five of you, six of you. I'm not sure. All righty, and then we are going to pass this bucket around again. If any of you wrote and are holding on to questions and have a second round of questions. Patrick, that's like a band name, Patrick and the Ladies. All right, so, well, you know this is Patrick right here. So, Patrick, what is your favorite, throw it out there, soup? Tomato bisque from Trader Joe's. That's a good soup. That's a good soup. All right. All right. Right here, we have Mrs. Hillary Magoon. Hillary Magoon. All right. And Hillary, what is your favorite Disney movie? Little Mermaid. Classic. Classic. All right. And over here, we have Miss Yar. Yar. All right. And Yar, what's your favorite? Color. Pink. Ooh, pink. Yep, yep. All right, and right here we have... Diana. Diana. All right, Diana, what is your favorite? I heard sandwich first. <laughs> um, chicken pesto. Ooh, okay. 
Wow, fancy. All right, all right. <laughs> all right. And over here, finally, we have Miss Elizabeth Buckle. Elizabeth Buckle. All right. Who, all right, sorry. Favorite quote? Wow. Do you have a quote, or do you want to do some? Uh, uh, we're gonna do place to run. It's easier. <laughs> All right, place to run. I would say Walnut Grove Park. Walnut Grove Park. Very cool. Very very cool. All righty. Do we have some questions up here? Oh yeah, we still have some from over here and others coming up. Okay, let's see. Hmm. I'm trying to think how hard to go right off the bat for you. This is the first question. You guys want a hard one right off the bat? All right. Okay. Okay. You asked for it. Okay. Here we go. So why is LGBT wrong? I am not. Okay. I am not, but I want to know what to say upon being asked. That was a hard one right off. So what, what is it they're asking about uh, the whole, you know, LGBTQ, you know, being gay, all that, like pretty much anything but straight, right? So is it wrong? Why is it wrong? What's about to say? What's God's heart behind it? Can you talk about that? And what do they do if they have a friend who is, or they know someone is, or someone asks them about that? What do they do? How do they respond? Gave you a hard one right off the bat. I'll start. All right. Um, so the Bible says that God created marriage for one man and one woman. And um, he created marriage with a purpose to honor, glorify, and serve him. So anything outside of those parameters is not in alignment with God's original intent. And... We are called to obey and honor God in everything we do. And um, anything, and this goes for anything, it goes for anything in our lives. If it doesn't align with God, then um, it's not right. And um, when it comes to one of the biggest issues I think with the LGBTQ is setting their identity in a desire for another human being. And our identities aren't tied in the things that we desire. Our identity is to be tied in being a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And I think that's where the biggest disconnect is people tie it to their identities when our identities are rooted in something so much deeper, something so much more stable, something so much more fulfilling. And that's where the disconnect is. If you have a friend, a family member, you are to love them. But part of love isn't sugarcoating things and going along with things that aren't healthy for them. So... While we are to love them, we are also to speak truth to them in a loving way. And when somebody's on a path that doesn't align with God and it leads to le leading them astray, if we truly love them, we will express that to them. It doesn't mean we don't accept them as a human being and we don't, we don't shun them away, we don't avoid them, but we speak the truth of God, what he calls over each one of our lives in every aspect and um, that's, that's a true form of love. The truest form is when you can speak the truth to someone, it might jeopardize your relationship with them. But I think it speaks louder than just saying, oh, yeah, I'll go along with you. But in your heart, you don't. Did, any, did anyone else have anything else to say? That? 
No, no, that's super good. Um, so I would, I would just also add on, love what she was saying. Um, and basically, in my mind, sexual sin is any kind of like lust or sexual contact or whatever outside of marriage. And the Bible defines marriage as a man and a woman. So in my mind, sexual sin is sexual sin. It's not like gay people are more sinners than a guy sleeping with his girlfriend, okay? They're both sinning. They're both outside of the plan of God. They're both doing it not the way God intended. He said to get married, man and woman, right, and do that. So number one, what I do with gay people, if they if they have a problem with me or they find out I'm a Christian or a pastor and they get really defensive and angry at me or something like that, I just say, hey, I just want to let you know, like, to me, it's all on the same level. Anything outside of God's plan right, is sin, and it's not okay, you know, and I'm going to talk to this guy who's sleeping with his girlfriend and say, dude, that's not God's plan, and you're messing up your life, just like I'm going to say that to a gay guy or, you know, lesbian or whatever, right, because I, uh, they need to know, it's not like we're, they're not in a special category of sin, you know, it's like, no, this is just sin, and it's not God's heart, and approach them by the love of God, so just like you would to someone who's sleeping around, right, you would talk about the love of God, how he longs for them to have healing. He longs for them to have purity. He longs for them to have holiness. He longs for them. Talk about his kindness, his love for them, his acceptance and his desire to have them, right? And all that, the kindness of God leads them to repentance, right? And so I, I'm still their friend. I've had multiple gay people say, Taylor, you're like my only Christian friend, right? They know I'm a Christian. They know, and the question comes up and they say, you think I'm this horrible sinner, right? And I'm like, dude, any kind of sexual sin is, is bad, you know, right? It's not just you, but I love you. You're always welcome. You always belong. And so you have a strong standard, right? And you express God's heart behind it, right? But you also welcome them into the family and say they're loved and they're wanted, right? I also know two of my good friends, um, he was gay, she was lesbian. They both met God, got healed, set free, then married, fell in love, got, got married, right? And uh, they, they go all over the world teaching on inner healing, right? And they have a whole book called Pure Heart. So if you're more interested in this topic, look up pure heart, talk to me afterwards. And they explain the whole thing of like how to go from that mindset and get healed from it. It's possible. I've seen it done in the two close friends of mine and they have like three kids now and they leave a whole like healing ministry for people coming out of a gay lifestyle and trying to get healed up. Right. So, yeah. So, and he was the one who told me like Christians don't treat them any different. Like, right. He said that he had a, <laughs> a guy talk to him and he confided that he was gay. And the guy's like, well, I don't know what that's like but I, I have a lust issue and it, I think it's kind of like the same thing. So let's just pray for that. <laughs> and it was the first time he felt like normal to express what he was going through and get prayer for it. And it actually helped his healing process. Okay. So does that make sense? I'm sorry if I'm rambling. I just want to try to clarify. Okay. All right. Um, but that is a, a good topic. So if you have more questions, come talk to us about it and we'd love to give you that book and help you out with that. Okay. All righty. Here we go. Um, this one is... This is like more back to level one, okay? What does a healthy devotional time look like? Healthy devotional time look like? So it always looks different. So sometimes when we think, um, we always wanted to look a certain way to think, oh, that's how you're supposed to spend time with God, but it looks different for each one. So say you like going to the park or you just find whatever you love to do and do that with God and bring him into it. But with devotional, so sometimes it looks like, you know, listening to worship music, um, asking God what 
first you want to look more into reading a verse and then um, tying that back into like your prayer life. Just like a couple of weeks ago, um, what Pastor Taylor was doing where we um, learn how to pray, read the verse. So it can look like that. So it looks completely different. So you can listen to worship music. You can read your word. But yeah, so it's like, yeah, different every day. I mean, yeah, I mean, when, like, Pastor Taylor and I have talked about this, and, like, devotional time could be just sitting there with God and, like, not saying anything. You say, God, I just want to hear from you. I just want to devote this time to you and just sit here and be with you. Um, And it could just be, like, devoting an app, like, five minutes, an hour, whatever you've decided to devote to him. Um, It could be, you know, when you get up in the morning, first thing. I mean, Pastor Daniel talks about it first 15, last 15 um, I try to do that. I don't always do it. Um, sometimes the snooze button is stronger than my will. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, honest. Um, but I, I do try to like get up in the morning and I try to do five, five and five. I try to do five minutes of reading, five minutes of praying and five minutes of worship. Um, and then at, at night more recently, I've been trying to like put my phone away at least 30 minutes before I go to bed and then just spending some time with him. And that's sometimes just laying in my bed or, um, and just talking to him about my day and stuff. Or sometimes it's reading a book. I got a new awesome book. I recommend it. Kisses from Katie. Yes. I'm talking to everybody about that, but yeah, it's just reading. It's just time with God. It's devoted to God. And something I learned from actually one of like my mentors that I admire is she like when I first started doing devotionals, I always thought, okay, it has to be, it has to be this, and like I would stress myself out about it, like I'm not doing it right. And then I realized any time with God is is right, you That's know, good. like you're yeah. spending time with the Lord, and He's just really happy you're there. And so I I want to like let you know that if you feel pressure, like, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to do this. God just sees your heart, and he just loves that you're sitting there with him. Um, And, like, I think something for me that also kind of changed the way my devotionals worked was I learned to ask God, like, fun questions and, like, Mm. have fun with God, too, which sounds kind of cheesy, but it, like, totally works, and it kind of, you, like, feel closer. It feels more like a friend, and so, yeah, I just want to say like don't feel stressed like it has to be perfect or you have to be perfect you know like a structure is great but you don't have to worry about yourself too love it it's not a formula it's a relationship i love that any time with god is right so good so so good we're gonna move on to another question we're just trying to get through as many questions are you guys doing okay you enjoying this you guys have a lot of questions so we're trying our best (laughs) all right we're trying our best all right let's see this one's a little deeper again now okay you guys ready for deeper All right, so with all the talk on relationships, breakups were not mentioned very much. A broken heart may lead to a broken lifestyle, okay? And then so what, like, what are your thoughts, right? So they ask how to walk through brokenness is kind of, there's not a question mark in this, it's just kind of a sentence. So I'm going to turn the question. So how do you walk through a breakup? Uh, What are your thoughts about it? How do you process through that? Just what are your thoughts? Real talk. They, yeah. they wrote real talk, period. So um, for me, before I came to college and church and crux, um, I got saved in college. But before, prior to that, I went through a really bad breakup and heartbroken and all that stuff. And I just remembered, like, when you go through that process, it just feels like, when will this get better? Or how can I heal from this? And I just realized, like, it's not cliche or anything, but giving it to the Lord 
and actually allowing him to heal and also knowing that it is a process. So there's no like, oh, I'm going to be healed today or then tomorrow when I'm sad, like, oh, I thought I was supposed to be healed today, you know? It's always this process, but knowing that it actually is going to get better and you're actually going to be freed from it because sometimes that bondage um, that you hold on to that you think you're not going to be ever be able to get freed from it or you're not going to be able to love again or anything like that, those are all lies because, you know, with God giving it to God, he can heal you and he can restore you. And I think the first step is to know that, to know that you can be healed, to know that you can be restored, and to know that you can love again. And then after that, take the process and the steps to getting healed, to getting restored. And it looks different from everybody. It could be, oh, you know, going to get prayer and being open about your feelings to the people around you, those who you actually trust. You know, you don't want to just tell, like, or throw up your feelings on people, but, like, do it to those who you actually trust, who can actually pray with you. So find Christian friends, you know, Christian leaders, because, yeah, we're all family, and we all love to do that. So good. Does anyone else want to touch on that? Godly community. Yeah. It's true. Godly community. So good. So good. Anyone else? Good? Yeah. I actually want to tag off of what Patrick just said. That's one of the biggest things I would say as, like, there's so many other like go-to advices I would do, but for this group and this group of people, I say that one of the biggest things is godly community. And I, I would even say that, and I might be speaking from my own well of experience here, but I think for me why godly community was so important for me amidst a breakup at one point in my life was that because I felt so sure about the relationship and because I felt so like, I think the Lord's on board with this. Lord, I think I'm picking up the signs. I think this is good. When that thing collapsed, it not only collapsed the relationship, it kind of alienated my relationship with the Lord a little bit because I'm like, I wouldn't have entered into this relationship if I didn't think that you were on board. you know. So I wanted to bring up the godly community because in the midst of my healing process, when I still felt a little alienated by the Lord in my relationship with him and who I was in Christ and how I heard him and stuff like that, one of the most healing things was to be surrounded um, by his church, where two or more were gathered, his spirit was so there. I was surrounded by loving people that reminded me of my identity, encouraged me, reminded me of all these things, and it actually healed my relationship uh, with the Lord, being around his bride. So I would re definitely recommend Godly Community. So good. So, so good. All right. You guys ready for another question? Is good? Okay. Let's see here. This is another good one because we're already talking about relationship stuff. All right. So how to heal in your own heart from someone else's sexual immorality. So I would say, you know, friend or even I'm thinking like a relationship where maybe you, you are hurt because of their past. Maybe they have quite, quite the past, you know, and they share that to you, which is good. But you're kind of struggling through that. You know, what do you do there? Or I don't know, something like that. Does that question make sense? How to heal in your own heart from someone else's sexual immorality. I think bringing it to the Lord over and over again. And yeah. like, even when you're like, I've brought this to God like 10 times, bringing it again and just laying it down over and over again. And also not holding that in your heart against the other person. Because if you choose to love that person, and if you choose, this is the person maybe I want to continue dating or I eventually want to marry you're choosing to love them and you're choosing to be like God and forget that. And so, so yeah, it really, it, it will hurt, but God will work that out in you so and God good. will heal that. I've seen it. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in others' lives. 
And it so really, good. it really, it's amazing. Come on, so good. Anyone else? So good. I would also add to what Hillary said, um, bringing it to a mentor as well and just saying, hey, I'm really struggling with, you know, this person that I'm dating, like their past and just getting their wisdom on it as well. And prayer. And pray. And pray. So good. Awesome. Awesome. I just second that. So good. All right, here we go. How do I fully represent God and Jesus in a classroom or workplace uh, when it is frowned upon to openly speak of my beliefs? Shock and awe. Shock and awe. Always the answer. Always the right answer, Dom. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Um, I think, like, there, I mean, there's, there's appropriate times and there's inappropriate times. And, like, um, I personally work at the San Diego Food Bank, and we partner with churches of all denominations. Like, so I'm not just going to, like, be totally, I don't know, like, just out there and, like, you know, Muslim Foundation comes in, and I'm not, like, I'm not just going to be, like, there. But, like, I was praying for... Ex, like interactions with my coworkers where I could openly talk about this in the workplace. And I actually had encounters where I was able to freely talk about like my beliefs. Um, I have a little Avenger cube now cause I'm going on a missions trip this, and I was driving someone to, to, to dinner um, with like a lot of coworkers and they just picked up the Avenger cube and they go, what's this? And I'm like, Oh, well let me tell you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> you you open that door. Um, but I mean, there was another coworker who she she's very all like um, she she embraces like a lot of religions. She's like, I like a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of that. And I'm like, God, give me like an opportunity where you know there's six people in our little office space, and it's like, give me an opportunity to be able to like talk to her about it. And the door opened. Everybody was out doing site visits or sick or paid time off, whatever. And she turns to me and she starts, she's like very upset. And I, I'm like, Marlene, what's going on? And she goes, well, my, um, my son's dealing with all this stuff and I've been, I've been hoping that he can break free of it. And I just like was able to share a testimony right there in the spot. And I'm like, well, this is like stuff that I've been set free of. Like, um, like a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol, all this stuff. And she's like, I see no hope. And I'm like, there's hope. Like I was involved heavily with all this stuff. And it was just like, I had something gnarly go on and it was just like, bam. It was, I was able to like walk away from all that. And, I, and she kind of like lit up. She's like, well, maybe something will happen. And I get like, she comes, I was like, I'll be praying for your son. Like I, and somebody walked in so I couldn't like fully go and pray right there on the spot. But then she comes back and she's like, Patrick, guess what? Like my son just texted me, he's 10 days clean, like um, all this stuff. And so it's just like those opportunities to capitalize. But it's like, again, there's, there's appropriate times, but the, um, going back to Dom and Lizzie's uh, message where they were talking about just being so, like, immersed in your relationship with God that it just kind of, like, there, there's, like, that, that presence that's just on you all the time that somebody's able to just kind of tell. Like, there's joy that you're just carrying. There's the way that you talk about your classmates and your coworkers and interactions and stuff and um, just something that somebody's like, wow, you're, like, always happy. Why is that? And you're like, well, I got my buddy Jesus. Like... You know, that, that's all I got. Cool. Awesome. Just tagging off that, too, I think one of my favorite things is, is Jesus actually calls us, his followers, the light of the world, right? He said he was the light of the world, and he actually says, actually, you know, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. 
My favorite thing about a light, right, as long as you don't cover it up, a light's just going to be a light, you know? So when you're in your classroom in the workplace, if you're stressed out of, like, how am I going to evangelize and lead an altar call right here on lunch break, which if you feel called or want to challenge yourself, like, go, do it, you know? But I think you will see a radical transformation in your classrooms and your workplaces if you just let yourself shine. What do I mean by that? Just demonstrate what the Lord's doing with you and just don't hide. That's the biggest thing for me is like, just don't hide. If you were gonna pray, if you were outside, like in your civilian hours or whatever, then do it there too. If you were gonna pray, if you were gonna do it, then whatever. Like I, whenever a coworker in the office is feeling sick or something, I'm like, I'm gonna pray for you. (laughs) I would do it if I heard someone come up to me and say, I'm feeling sick or whatever. I'm like, oh, I would offer to pray for them. I'm gonna do it there too. I don't know what the code of conduct is, but like, Whatever, if I get a demerit or if that's the way I check out, like, whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, so good. So. Yeah, I remember when, so when I was working, at, uh, I worked at a divorce law firm, and there was an atheist, a gay person who was openly angry against Christians, all these people who didn't like Christians, right? And, and I just openly was like, well, I'm a Christian. So, like, you know, I didn't tiptoe around it. Sometimes you go too far and say, well, only my actions will show it, which means I just can be silent forever about it. And hopefully they'll figure it out, which is too far. So you need to let the light shine. But also when Jesus says that, basically, this is a paraphrase, but uh, whoever's unashamed of my name and will profess my name, I'll profess his name right before the Father. And it's this idea of like, don't be ashamed of the name of Jesus. And so just be normal about it once again. And just be like, you know, uh, I would tell people, oh, I'm going to church. Oh, I'm going on this mission trip. Oh, I'm, you know, I'll pray for you. Just, you don't need to be like raw in their face, but also let the light shine, say Jesus's name and be normal about it. And they start to learn, wow, he's totally normal, he's totally loving, he's totally awesome, and he's a Christian. And it starts to really work on them and on their heart, you know? So, all right. So good. Awesome. I love this question because it shows we can also just be totally practical. It says, what is the best way to eliminate distractions? What's the best thing you guys do to eliminate distractions in your life? I mean, Lord knows I'll keep talking, but... I was distracted. Can you ask the question again? Yeah. So what, what, is, what is like some go-to <laughs> things that you guys do to help eliminate distractions uh, from yes, your life? Yes, 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 Okay. So for me, it's worshiping um, because it's like forcing myself to like meditate on like truth. So, and it kind of helps my mind to like get back to like where I'm supposed to be. So that's one strategy. The second one would just be to eliminate it. Like sometimes it's like it's like this hard thing, but no, just like remove it out of your life. Like, you know, like you want to spend time with the Lord, you want to grow with God more. Like how much do you want, you know, how much do you want your relationship with God? Like how much do you want to like grow more into him, with him? And like it kind of like reminds me of like those like um like weight loss product things or like those like diet plans where we're like, we want to lose weight so bad. So we're not going to eat this. So we're going to starve ourselves because you want to do that so bad. So if you want to grow with your relationship with God so bad, eliminate those things as easy as that. I mean, it is hard at first. I know it is, but you know, we'll get through <laughs> Jesus name. I actually really like that. No, sure. That is like 100%. Just eliminate what it. I would have said, how do you eliminate? You eliminate. Yes, get a paper Bible, put your phone away. Yeah, you'll notice the minute you're like, it's your time, Jesus, your phone's going to start going You're the most popular person in the world. It's true. And then it's like no one wanted to hang out with me all day, but the minute I wanted to be with Jesus, everyone wants to hang out with me, right? So I just, I put my phone on do not disturb or I leave it in the other room or I write and, and I just leave all, you leave the distraction. You say, this distracts me. So I'm going to literally leave it right now to go be with the Lord, you know? 
That literally happened to me today with Pastor Taylor. I was trying to call him, and it went straight to voicemail. And I was like, oh, he must be trying to get something done. He's a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or if it's if I just need to work, if I'm at work and I'm sermon prep and it's important, my phone's on do not disturb and it's like it's behind me. Get behind me, Satan, right? And so so I basically and I just focus on on right? So you just you eliminate it. It's true. All right. Here we go. Uh let's see. This is a good general one. Is accepting Jesus good enough and reading your your word or you know the Bible, or is there more? So what is the more? Is it like, I accepted Jesus and I read my Bible, so I'm good. I'm going to heaven, I'm good. Or is there more? And what's the more? There's always more with Jesus. You can never have enough. You can never have enough. It always goes deeper. Every time you think that you, you have enough of Jesus, there's always more. You know, like that commercial where it's not like there's always more. Like, yeah, there's always more. So if you want to know more, just get deeper and get the more because it's always available. Holy Spirit is, oh, you need Holy Spirit. You can accept Jesus into your life. You can have the Bible, but unless, if you do not have Holy Spirit and you're not baptized in the Spirit, you are missing out with Holy Spirit playing a role in the picture. And if he plays a major part in your life, your life is changed forever. You are filled with so much hope, so much excitement. God, the Bible comes alive with the Holy Spirit. When you ask his spirit to um, reveal things to you, the Bible becomes alive and it just inspires you. And it's, it's this never-ending um, fire that you can tap into. So accepting Jesus into your life is amazing, but there's so much more with his spirit. And pursuing that wholeheartedly and with everything you have in you it's the best thing you can do. Cool. I think I might know. <laughs> this might go along the lines of that eliminated answer, but this question is, how does one navigate having different morals than what the Bible might say? I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I say that because it's like... Uh, I mean, we were kind of talking about it a little bit earlier, like what the Bible says is the truth. So it's like if there's things that you're doing that are contradicting what you're reading in the Bible, then it's probably not something that you should be doing. And oh, oh, <laughs> I was like, I was wrong. No, <laughs> no, he said one of us is wrong. And it's like it's it's not the Bible because the Bible is the truth. Um, so. Yeah, if, if there's something like that's coming up uh, in your in your spirit, like when you're praying, if you're reading and something, you're like, oh, well, I don't do that. You know, that might be something that's being highlighted to you. You know how Lizzie just said, if the Bible comes alive when you're reading it with Holy Spirit, he's probably highlighting that thing that you need to work on. So, um, you know, if that's lust, if it's impurity, if it's uh, any A, B, C, D, E through Z, um, you know, just work on it and try to align yourself as close as you can to, to the, what the Bible is telling you. That's good. Yeah. So I would say we, if Jesus is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. Right. And it's basically, I don't bend the Bible to fit me. I bend to fit the Bible. Right. And so it's basically, if my morality is not matching up with scripture, I like scripture's not the problem, you know? So I have to bend myself to say, okay, I can do that. There are times, though, when I read something and like, that's hard and I don't even really understand what that means. And I'll, and I'll say, okay, God, help me understand what this means. And like, 
like, oh man, when Jesus said, eat my flesh and drink my blood, we all know he's talking about communion. In the moment, they don't know that, right? And literally all they say is, this thing you say is a really hard thing, Jesus, <laughs> right? And all these people are like, oh, you're sick, and they leave him, right? And I so there's times where you find something in Scripture, you don't know the answer yet. Maybe it's in the next chapter. You're not sure where it is yet. And so it's just hard. But I love what the disciples do. They say, but we know you have the words of life, so we're going to keep following you. And so there's a moment where you say, this is hard, and I don't get it, God. Help change something in me to understand this. But until I get it, I'm still going after you and I'm going to submit to and follow you. Like, so either way, I'm going after you and I'm making you Lord of all and help, help me understand this and change my view to match this. Does that make sense? Right? So even if I don't understand it, I'm still going to say, okay, and I'm going to keep going until, and then usually years down the road, I'm like, oh, that's why that makes sense. You know, but in the moment, maybe we're not mature enough to get it yet. And so just keep following him. Right. All right. Uh, let's see. I love this one because this is going to be different for every single person. How do you recognize God's spirit? So his voice, uh, so through voice, sight, sensation, feeling, like there's so many different ways you can hear God's voice. How do you guys hear God's voice and what are different ways you can hear his voice? Um, I think for me, I hear God's voice mostly when I'm outside or if I'm Actually, I like to run. So when I go for a run, that's a lot of times when I talk with the Lord. So I'll like, I'll like oh, that's, that's a beautiful ocean. Like, thank you, God. Like, and then we just have this conversation. I think that's how I recognize God is through the world around me and nature. So good, yeah. Yeah, um, I sometimes hear things that sound like my own thoughts, but that I know that they're like aligned to something that I've read in Scripture. So I know that it's something that's God. Um, I sometimes get like pictures of something that needs to happen or something that's happened or just something that I need to highlight. Um, and sometimes it also just pops up uh, in scripture when I'm reading it or somebody says something that confirms something that I've been thinking. Um, for me, when um, the, the part of the question of like sensations or what do you feel? Like when I'm praying, sometimes I just feel like warmth. I feel heat or I feel peace in my spirit, just peace in my heart. And then also like there's like that knowing where it's just like, oh, I just know this thing. And that's how, like, God speaks to me. Or, like, he just speaks to my heart, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Or I can just be having a conversation with him, and then he pops something up, and I'm like, all right, that was God. So, yeah. I think for me, um, I try to follow, like, the peace and the joy. I know Brianna was touching on that, but always go with peace and joy and then confirm it with the word. Yeah. Can you repeat the question one more time? <laughs> Just how do you hear God's voice? Oh, um, in this season for me, it's um, in scripture, just reading his word. Yeah, totally. That's where I hear it the most clearly above anything else. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you can't hear God, you can read God. He's always right there, <laughs> right, in his word. Um, what I, for me, I often um, see pictures a lot of times. And so God invented your imagination. Why can't he use it as a canvas to paint on, right? And so he basically, a lot of times, I'll just see a random picture for someone. Uh, like, what was your name again? It was Zane. I saw a picture of, like, from a movie of a slinky going down a stairwell, right? <laughs> like, that's weird, right? But then God totally ended up using it for a word. So I see a lot of pictures a lot of times for me. And that's usually, I know it's God, because I don't think about slinkies going downstairs, you know? So uh, so it's it was so random that I was like, okay, this is, uh, I'm going to go with this. And I've just learned to 
to kind of follow that. Um, I want to encourage you, you can hear, you can grow the different ways you hear God's voice. So you have access to all the muscles of your body. Some of you are more prone to be more runners or lifters or right-handed or left-handed or, right, there's different, we have different natural strengths that we're kind of bent towards. We're better at that. Doesn't mean you can't learn the other ones, right? So just because I'm a good runner doesn't mean I can't learn how to become a good swimmer. I'm not just like, well, I'm stuck as a runner forever. There's sometimes that, or, or the other way around, sometimes you have a natural bent on how you hear God's voice. Like I see pictures, but I'm pressing in to learn how to hear him in other ways as well. I want to feel God. Like rarely do I feel God. I like rarely get goosebumps even like <laughs> right at all. And I'm pressing in like, God, I want to feel you. And so I'm growing that area right there of just feeling more God's presence, right? And I'm pressing in and then the more I press in, the more it grows. Just like if I was practicing basketball, I'd get better at basketball. So you can grow the, your senses and you can grow the way you hear God's voice. Just press in and go after it in that area that you want to get to know him in, you know? So, alrighty, guys. Well, hey, was, was this good tonight? We're all wrapped up. We're all done. Uh, we have a bunch more questions. You guys are so good at asking questions. We never have enough time to go through all of them, but we try to go through as many as we can. Um, but thank you guys so much for coming out tonight. And can we give it up for our Crux team here, the, all the guys who answered? They love you guys. They've served this whole semester. They make Crux run, and they've done such a great job. If you have specific other questions, go up to one of them or myself or Dominic or any of the leaders here and just ask away and uh, if we don't know the answer, then we'll say, hey, let's try to figure it out together. We're not afraid of hard questions, okay? Let's just pray, and then we're going to kind of end our last normal crux of the semester. Lord, we love you, God. We thank you for this semester. We thank you for everything you did all the way back to January when the crux had the New Year's party, God. We thank you. We remember that all the way through the relationship series that lasted months. Uh, Lord, through the, the series on you, Jesus, and through the new life and living that out to now and tonight, answering questions. You are always with us, and you have been faithful every single step of the way, God. God, I ask, um, yeah, I just ask that we would never stop asking you questions. Would we never get to a place where we say, I'm good, I'm okay. Like we, we always, may we always press in for more of you, to know more of your heart and to know you, Holy Spirit, in a new way. Yeah. So we love you. We love you. We love you. Yes. We thank you. We ask that uh, whatever was meant for us tonight out of these answers, would it stick to our hearts tonight, God? Would it, would it go deep? And, and would we not just be quick to move on and say, well, tonight was great and walk away. But God, would we ponder and on what you spoke to our hearts tonight. But we love you, Lord, and would you get all the glory through the crux. We love you. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.